on this episode of Twisted and Misunderstood with me, your host, Dominic J. Zenden. On this episode, we have invited along Gary Temple Bodley to come and talk about his teachings from Joshua. Gary is a channel and he channels Joshua, who brings wisdom and guidance for all his followers. He is an amazing man with lots to offer and an extraordinary amount of knowledge about things like the law of attraction and the perception of reality. I think you'll agree this is going to be a fascinating hour's listening. Welcome to Twisted and Misunderstood, Gary Temple Bodley. Hello, Gary. Hello. Thank you for having me, Dominic. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. It's a real pleasure and a privilege because I, I look up to you in, in so high esteem and everything started with you, you know, for me anyway, in America. So I, I want to get my gratitude across before we start. So I think that we're already on a good vibration just, just from being here. So thank you. Absolutely. Can't wait. Right. Okay. So do, would you like to tell the listeners to Twist and Misunderstood exactly what you do and a little bit about yourself? Because I think it'll sound better from you. Right. I'm a channel, just like uh, Esther Hicks is a channel for Abraham. I'm a channel for Joshua. Joshua is a group of non-physical teachers. And they give us insights and strategies for living life in a very effective way. They fill in the missing blanks that, are, that we're lacking in understanding so that we can understand more about how this physical reality works, why we're here, who we truly are, what our journey is, how everyone's at a different journey, but it's all for purposes of growth and expansion. And Joshua brings it through in really practical ways that we can use all the time. So I began this um, <laughs> quite by surprise. I was 50 years old when I started channeling. I'm 59 now, so I've been doing it for nine years. Prior to that, I was a normal guy living in America, running businesses, quite successful. In 2008, I lost everything in the financial cra crash. And I had to start over with my life. That opened the doorway for inspiration to come in. And so the inspiration came in first with The Secret, that book, and in our case, it was a DVD. And I listened to that over and over and over again. And then I found uh, Esther Hicks' Teachings of Abraham and got really into that, went to a few workshops started. Um, and then in 2013, I started meditating first time in my life. So I had turned 50 years old. I had heard a lot of other people were meditating. I was really resistant to it because like everyone else, 
I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I thought, geez, just sitting there quiet with your thoughts, that's got to be a nightmare. But I did it and I couldn't do it for very long at first, but eventually the ego mind subdued and I could go the whole 15 minutes. And so I started doing this every day. And what I noticed right away was a presence that came to me while I was meditating that was actually physical sensation. And it felt like a hand inside my skin on my jaw moving around. And as soon as I was done meditating, it would go away. The next day I started meditating to come again. And so I really felt the sense that it was a presence there. It was comforting. It wasn't at all scary. I didn't really know what it was or didn't believe it or thought it was a side effect of meditation. But I started asking it questions. And I started getting back these answers that were really profound. And I knew I wasn't making it up. It was something different. So I didn't really tell anyone because I thought it was weird. But I just kept playing with this. And then on November 15th, 2013, in meditation, this presence said, get up and go right, right, right. And so I got up to my computer. I started tapping away just the thoughts that were coming in my head. It sounded like gibberish to me. But after I was done in about a half an hour, typing as fast as I could, the, there were three pages that were written. And that, those three pages are the introduction to Joshua's first book, A Perception of Reality. I came back the next day, just started typing again. And in eight weeks, that whole book was done. That day it was over. The next day, a new book started, Health, Wealth, and Love. These are 300-page books. There was no alteration to them at all, except for cleaning up typos, and it just flowed from there. And so since then, I've been channeling Joshua. I've been giving events. I have my podcast, which is called Joshua Live. Um, there's a you know, huge group of people around the world that listen twice a week, that join our boot camp and our Ascension Experience courses. And I've given you know live events and we have retreats and things like that. So it's really become this sensation that if you would ask me at age 50, would I want this to happen? I would have said, no, this is too weird. So my biggest fear was in being weird. <laughs> And I couldn't imagine being more strange than to be this channel. I only ever thought there was one channel in the world. Turns out channeling is a natural ability that we, we all can do. Okay, so much to go on there, Gary, and thank you. And I, I know everyone listening is going to love reading your books because they are fabulous. The, the, the one that I liked was The Perception of Reality, which was really interesting to me because of reality does tend to have a lot of different ways of perceiving it. And I think that was a really interesting book right from the start, right to the end. So, you know, that's really good. I recommend that one, especially to the listeners. I know you've just written another book just recently as well, haven't you? Would you yeah. like just to give that one a quick mention too? Yeah, it's not published yet. It's called An Authentic Life. And it's about living life in accordance with the laws of the universe and why we're here and what our journey is. And to see yourself as the creator of your reality and not the victim to it. So there's two possible approaches to life. One is the approach that all humans have naturally. We're all taught this. In fact, we're programmed to believe this. We believe that how we feel is a direct correlation to what's happening in our conditions. 
So if something good happens, we feel good. And if something bad happens, we feel bad. Therefore, we have to control our life so that more good happens than bad. Yet we're always anxious because at any moment something bad could happen and we will feel the pain of a negative emotion. Now, those of us who are on this spiritual journey who are more awake and aware, the listeners of your podcast, we are highly emotionally sensitive people. So we really feel things strongly and we really hate feeling negative emotions. So we really try to control our conditions so that we avoid all situations where negative emotion can arise. Now you can see that this is limiting because when you're inspired to do something, you say, oh, I could fail or people might laugh at me or I might lose something. You're not going to act on that inspiration. Therefore, you're going to lead a limited life. If you come to the perception of yourself as the creator of your reality, you have to understand that the conditions can't make you feel anything. So you detach yourself from those conditions and you say, okay, this thing that was really bad that I thought happened to me, like an argument or something, it was just pointing out a limiting belief that I have. That's all that was happening. And so the universe has this mechanism that we call manifestation events, where if you have a limiting belief and it's limiting you from moving forward, these events are going to happen in your life. They're maybe, you might call them obstacles or whatever. They, they're only happening to point out your limiting beliefs. So if you can process the limiting belief without reacting to the event itself, without seeing the event as bad or wrong, then you have tools to move forward on your journey of self-discovery. So the life of the victim is one just hiding away from emotion. The life of the creator is one of pushing past fear. And that life is the authentic life and it's highly effective for the purposes of our journey of self-discovery. So much to get into there, so much. But I think it starts with the basis of everything is perfect. There's no imperfections. Right. Everything is meant to be. Now, would you like to expand on that a little bit? Because I think that's a really good prelude to your book. In fact, the first words ever channeled that first day, the yes. first line is, everything is right, period. There is no wrong anywhere in the universe. Anything seen as wrong comes from a limited perspective. But from the higher perspective, whether that's non-physical or after a period of time, everything is always, always right. If everything is right, that means that everything is perfect. Because with the absence of wrong, everything has to be perfect. With the absence of fear, everything has to be love. Our perspective in the moment, based on our belief system or our mental construct, causes us to believe that some things are good and some things are bad. And this is called duality. Duality is the environment of the victim, meaning that if you're choosing or judging everything as good and bad, you're doing it out of a sense of control, trying to protect yourself from bad things happening. The only reason people watch the news is they want to protect themselves. They want to be aware of what bad things are happening out there. So this fear is part of physical reality, but it's only there to give us a experience, a meaningful experience. The fear itself is always an illusion because the fear is you believing in the moment that something is wrong or bad. Now in that perception that something wrong or bad is happening, you're gonna have an urge to somehow control it. 
And this is going to take you off your path of self-discovery. It's going to upset you. It's going to make you feel scared. It's going to make you feel insecure. It's going to give you anxiety about the future. It's going to lead to depression, to illness, to everything you don't want. We were never taught this. We were never taught that, that there is another option. And that option is to understand that nothing imperfect ever happens. No experience in your life was anything other than perfect because that experience caused you to birth desires, gave you an opportunity to see limiting beliefs, propelled you forward in your journey of self-discovery. Everything that you've ever experienced led to the unique mental construct that you have now or your unique perception of reality. When we start to see things as perfect, we start to see ourselves from a higher perspective because if, if everything is perfect, because essentially everything is created from source, everything is born out of source, everything is source, source is love, love is perfect, therefore everything is perfect. So you're perfect as you are right now. And you were perfect the day you were born. Now it's easy to see the day you were born, your perfection, right? There was absolutely nothing wrong with you the day you were born. And when you were a day older, did anything really change? Did you get imperfect? And a year later or five years later, where did you get imperfect along the way? You were always perfect for where you had to be. Now you're taller, you're bigger than you were when you were two, but you're just expanded. You're just an expanded version of you. You're no more or less perfect. You're just, you don't want that two-year-old body because it wouldn't serve you now, right? And you wouldn't want your body that you have now when you're two years old because that wouldn't serve you either. So everything is expanding and unfolding perfectly for every moment of your life. Or you could say every stage of your life, but it's actually every moment of your life. It's only the belief, the limited belief that we're imperfect at all that is causing us to be in so much fear. Okay, I think this is the crux of everything that's happening today. It's a fear-based society. It's fearful about so many different things. People are fearful about not having enough followers, uh, not selling enough books, not being noticed enough. And as soon as you drop that fear, things start to open up. Because what you're doing is surrendering to what is there. And because you start perfect and then you go through learning and learning behaviors, phobias and prejudice start to actually grow with inside. As soon as you realize that most of the things that are based within your ego or within your stature as a person are not real, they're just illusions then you can start to really grow yeah. and you can start to really connect because when you vibrate on a good frequency, Gary, then that frequency allows you to open doors to people that are also on that frequency. And I know we agree on this and we agree on frequencies and that we see only about 30% of what is out there and the rest of it, we have to sort of make up a lot. So there's a lot of things going on within your new book that opens up the possibility that we are absolutely limitless. Yes. So we are manifestations of our non-physical limitless nature 
in physical form. Every single limitation that we have is self-imposed. Those limitations are imposed by our belief system. We've adopted these beliefs through experiences and through programming from our parents, teachers, society, and peers, that sort of thing. Now, because we're highly emotionally sensitive, the experiences feel like they mean something. And so the beliefs based on those experiences become pretty strong, pretty intense. And then every time those beliefs are, are triggered by some event that's happening, we feel the same negative emotion and that that's painful. But really we're just calling that emotion negative. It's not actually negative, it's actually guidance. It allows us to know when we're in fear. Now the entire population, myself included, is living in fear. We can't even, it's like asking a fish, where's the water, right? It's just all around us. They don't even know they're in the water. You have to get out of the water before you can identify what the water is. So you have to get out of fear before you can identify what fear is. We're living in incredible amounts of fear because we're emotionally sensitive. Now this platform called Earth, which is just a platform of expansion and self-discovery, is expanding also. So compared to say 200 years ago, there's more potential for fear, but there's also more potential for love. So you choose the vibration that you exist at. And so you might look at a homeless person who feels very unworthy. They feel unworthy of a house. They feel unworthy of relationships or of a job. They can't interact with people because it's so painful to talk to someone because they interpret everything as a criticism. You see, and so they just want to disconnect, disconnect. The fear makes you want to disconnect. Love makes you want to connect. So all of us, you know, when you hear people put up their barriers and, you know, you got to protect yourself, that's just fear talking. In reality, this is, everything is based in love, but you have to be able to see it. So the vibration of someone who's feeling unworthy, maybe they're homeless, is a lower vibration, but it's not a bad vibration. It's just they're having the experience resonating with that vibration. If you imagine that we're non-physical beings coming for an expansive experience, that experience is valid and valuable to those who need to go through it. The experience of being in war is valid and valuable for those who need to go through it. But those of us who are choosing to see ourselves from a higher perspective, which is what you, which determines which vibration you're on. Okay. If you see yourself as unworthy, you're in a lower vibrational vibration. If you see yourself, you know, as you exist in the non-physical, limitless, a pure positive being of love, magnificent, worthy, all these things, then you exist on a higher vibration. On that vibration, you attract other experiences and people and events and uh, opportunities and ideas and inspiration that resonate on this higher vibration. Now you can live in a lower vibration of guilt and shame and dissatisfaction and suffering if you want. And you can experience that as long as you want, but at some point you're gonna say, I don't wanna experience this anymore. And at that point you'll get inspiration that inspiration will always lead you out of it because the inspiration is coming from your non-physical self, still in the non-physical and guiding you through this life. 
So those of anyone who's listening to this right now has asked this question, there must be more to this life, right? There must be something I'm missing. There's something I'm not seeing. And then they find this podcast or they find a book or they find Joshua or whatever it is. And this helps them ascend to higher vibrational levels. That's a journey of self-discovery that every human being is on. It all starts in fear and it ends in love. And that's where, where we are. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Because what it shows, Gary, is that we can all change. We can all allow ourselves to accept and to live in a different way of consciousness. Our thoughts can be different. The things that we manifest become different. The way that we perceive life and calmness becomes a part of that life. All those things are parts of the puzzle that we search for. And we don't realize we're looking for them until we start piecing that puzzle together. And I think that's the importance of understanding this message is that it's there for everybody and it comes purely in the only universal law that I'm concerned about, which is love. The the interesting part, and if we want to expand it just a tiny bit and to talk in a language where people understand where we're expanding it to, people are very aware of the law of attraction. And I know that you're very aware and you're very knowledgeable on that law. And I think it'd be very good for you just to explain a little bit about how you perceive the law of attraction. Okay. So from the context that this is a platform of self-discovery, that the universe is love. And so the truth of love is like the sun. Let's just imagine like the sun. And we're over here in a distant part of the solar system. And the law of attraction is drawing us closer and closer to the sun. From far off in the distance of the solar system where you are, the sun seems scary because you're in fear. But no matter what's happening, you're being drawn to this. And eventually you'll be part of the sun, part of love. And this is an eternal journey. So you have to move through all this fear to get through the sun. Okay. You're, you're being moved. And so whatever it is that brings up fear for you, that is based in a limiting belief, a belief that limits you from this expansion towards love. None of those limiting beliefs are true. They're all adopted along the way or they're brought in with you or whatever it is. None of those limiting beliefs are true. They're just limiting So one by one by one, you have to encounter and process these limiting beliefs. But what most people tend to do is they hold on to their limiting beliefs because limiting beliefs make you feel safe, right? But it's just limiting. So we have all kinds of tools and techniques and uh, courses that we do. It's all about being aware when you're being triggered in what we call a manifestation event that a limiting belief is being shown to you. The event you know is neutral. The event can't make you feel bad. But because you're being triggered, this limiting belief has been triggered, your inner self sends you guidance in the form of negative emotion and you feel fear. If you hold on to that belief, it just grows more intense as you get older. And this leads to more resistance and ultimately 
physical deterioration, physical issues. And at some point it'll just be, I don't want to be here anymore. And you transition to non-physical and then you do another life again. Okay. Okay. Right. So it's, 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 as, it's as terminal as following that path that way. It right. becomes a path that it's, it's interesting to understand, isn't it though, that yeah. how we think attracts people who think the same and if everything starts with thought which we do we agree with that don't we gary that it starts with how you think then it attracts the thoughts from outside of us because there's plenty coming in at us from outside that we recognize then we have to be able to work out the people that are authentic and the people that are non-authentic yes but no one's authentic yeah. See, now this is interesting. See, now now we're talking, Gary. I, I like it when you start to throw a few little hand grenades into the conversation because that gives us something to go with. So yeah. no, authentic. no one's uh, authentic and no one's sane. You know? Okay, tell me. Because tell no me more. You can't perceive yourself how you truly are. You perceive yourself always from a limited perspective. After this conversation, we will both expand from this experience. Sure. So in an hour, we will have a higher perspective about ourselves. We'll know more about ourselves, you see. But right now, how we see ourselves is limited compared to that expanded version. So we, so this is eternal journey of self-discovery. We may know ourselves a little bit more, a little bit more, but a little bit more, but we'll, we're never purely authentic. And if we were purely authentic, we probably wouldn't be able to interact because we would be too high vibrational, you know, too, too much. So we, there's, there's a bit of this being human that's part of this journey that we have to acknowledge. So do you think that is the ultimate thing that we become separated? No, no, we come together. So we become together. So we become more united, more united. And as we become more authentic, we want to connect more because most of our thoughts will be based in love and we'll be receiving inspiration to connect more. Yeah, totally, Gary, totally, 100%. And I think that the other thing is we don't fear challenge. When we are authentic as far as we can be, because if no one's authentic, we would not fear somebody having a different opinion. Right. or a different way of seeing something because that's their journey that's their purpose that's where right. they are and if they don't respond to us in a way that we would appreciate or understand that's because we're not really on the same vibration as they're on exactly. so so understanding that there's different you know levels of thought and different levels of acceptance and people live in fear you know, people really do live in fear of certain things. And understanding that is the first key of letting go. It's the surrendering to being able to be. Yes. And because all fear is based in illusion. So the fear of death is an illusion. No one's ever died. Everyone returns to the non-physical. We're just here for this experience. Physical reality is an illusion itself. We all know that this desk in front of me is made up of wood and that wood is made up of molecules and those molecules are made up of something smaller and smaller and smaller until eventually you get to nothing. There's spaces between, vast spaces between all the molecules, right? We know that 
we interpret it as a, as a desk, but really it's an illusion. And so we, our perception of reality is, is quite infinitesimally small to what's really going on, but that's for a purpose. That's, that enables this journey of self-discovery because if we saw everything, we'd know that we're love, or know that we're one, we'd know that we're source, we'd know all this stuff, and there'd be no possible way to expand. So we come here and we forget who we are, we adopt these limiting beliefs, and then we have these experiences through our lives. Now, some of us have done this enough already, and so we're like, let's, let's see if we can actually play this game knowing the rules, knowing that there is no such thing as loss, you can't die. You can't lose anything. You're creating everything all the time. You're generating it all the time. You can have an experience that you call loss. And, it, and from that experience, you'll receive negative emotion because that negative emotion is telling you it's not true. You can't, you can have an experience where you feel lack and limitation and, and your freedom isn't what you want it to be, but that's a illusion. And so as we get past these illusions, we drop our limitations and we become more abundant, more free, more love, we feel good. So your vibration, wherever you are, is wherever it is. That vibration attracts all your thoughts. The moment you have an argument with someone, you're gonna notice a different quality of thought. The moment you're feeling good and you're petting your dog, you're gonna notice a different quality of thought. It's not that you're thinking or manufacturing thoughts in your head, you're existing at this vibration, either calm or excited or depressed or whatever that is. And wherever it is, it's based in your unique perception of yourself within your reality. So if you're depressed, you feel like you have no control, no freedom, no abundance, uh, unworthy, not good enough, and you wish that you were different than you are. All that is is the vibration of the victim who perceives that outside conditions can make them feel something. Very natural. Everyone has it. The reason people get depressed is because they're emotionally sensitive. If you weren't emotionally sensitive, and if you weren't intelligent, and if you weren't acutely aware, you could not get depressed. If you had no limiting beliefs, you could get, not get depressed, right? But but something is causing you emotional pain. And that, that thing that's causing it is your current perception of yourself within your reality. So how do you change your perception of yourself? How do you suddenly go from thinking you're unworthy and not good enough to thinking you're magnificent and limitless? Well, let me ask you that question, Gary. Let me ask you, because yeah, I, mean, I, I know how important it is to understand the, the nuances and Believe it or not, being a human being, we have lots of things that are tricking us. Our body tricks us all the time. We see things upside down where we should be seeing them the straight way. There's, there's a thousand things that we get fooled about and we don't even have a second thought about it. But how we perceive ourselves is totally different because you have a perception of who you are. I have a perception of who I am. And I have a perception of who you are and you have a perception of who I am. It's a unique perception. It's an interesting perception on those levels. So how does someone like yourself 
change somebody else's perception of themselves? I can't ever change anyone else's perception of themselves, right? Because I cannot create in someone's reality. See, I always wanted, I always wanted to be able to change someone else's perception of me. Okay. That's, that's a whole a, life. Very interesting. Yeah. I wanted everyone to like me, to think I'm successful, to trust me, to be on my team, to get to validate my existence, to appreciate me. That was my whole life until I was 50 years old, or until actually recently. In fact, it's still remnants of it. But of course, that was the focus of my life, to blend in, blend in, to get to, to shape other people's perception of me. That's ridiculous because everyone's perception of reality is based on their experiences, their belief systems, how they were raised, where they were raised, their culture, all these things. Totally. So we can't change anyone else's perception of themselves or us. All we can do is be examples of people who are investigating other possibilities, and it seems to be working for us. I don't know if it's going to work for you, but it seems to be working for me. Okay. So, so what I am here to do is be an example, what we call of alignment. I'm aligned with who I truly am, my soul's purpose, and I'm here to serve. That's it. My satisfaction is derived by being in this, in this authentic state of alignment as much as I can. I can't always do it, but, but I'm doing it now, for instance. Now, if you think about it, we don't have any examples of this. We have no examples of people who are living this conscious approach to life because everyone lives in fear of something, right? So this is a brand new approach to life. And, we have, and so we're coming forward to be the first examples of that. And in the future, more and more and more people will adopt this approach to life and there'll be more examples. But we're the first ones to come. So my example is the outside conditions can't make me feel anything. My car gets crashed, I don't care. I win the lottery, I don't care. Nothing can make me feel anything. Okay, so I don't, I don't feel any negative emotion and I don't feel the extremes of positive emotion because that's all based in control and, and misunderstanding of who you are. Yeah. I'm in the center place of calm. In the center place of calm, I have clear access to intuition, to being able to channel Joshua, to, be, to receiving thoughts at this high level, talking to you right now, to new ideas, to new inspiration, to direct communication, right? At yeah. this level. And this is the level we call neutrality. Okay. I've got so many questions for you, Gary. Yeah, you might have thought this, you know, it's a... You know, my mind works a thousand miles an hour, and I'm thinking all these things are going through. First of all, I just want to confirm, we can leave little trails for people to follow through example, but we can't change people's reality. Is that what we're saying? Okay, yeah. that's important. Okay, and I think that's important to understand that that means that you need to seek out people who you want to be aligned to through the change of your lifestyle, maybe the things that you do, the eat, your diets, your exercise, all these things need to be the little changes that build up to the understanding of neutrality, okay? 
Those things matter. Now, there's there's two questions that come to my mind straight away. And I want to ask them in in the first order. I don't want to ask them out of order. So I want to know really where time fits into this, because time is such an important part of everything that we're talking about right now. Time and space provide the opportunity for us to see everything from different perspectives. So look at a look at a um, a sculpture, um, and you can move around the sculpture, and you can see it all from a different perspective. So this moving around, right? Okay. Okay. So now you can look at your life. How do you see your life from the perspective of whatever age you are now? compared to when you were 10 years old or 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 years old. Yeah. So, so all of these constructs of physical reality are meant to bring us new perspectives. Right. So new perspective then is a foundation of physical reality. We want to see all the possible perspectives possible. Every human being is experiencing something from a new perspective in every single moment. So there's 8 billion people on the planet. There's just imagine a moment, it's a minute. So there's 8 million perspectives going on each minute. And it's changing and changing and changing. What's really happening is source is perceiving all this through us. And so source is seeing it all happen all at the same time. In the non-physical, of course, there is no need for the construct of time. But time also serves a purpose in, all right, you want something? Let's see if you're able to move through fear to get it. You want to make a million dollars? Why do you want to make a million dollars? Because you don't have a million dollars and you feel insecure or a lack of money. And you think if you get the million dollars that you would feel secure. So you go get a job and you work 40 years and you've traded your 40 years for this million dollars. Do you feel any more secure? No, because now you want another million or you are you worried about losing that million, whatever it is. So time gives us this opportunity to manifest things in any way we think. But because our belief system's limited, it seems like it takes a lot of time to do it. Now, what if you wanted something, but you weren't sure about it? Okay, I'll do this and this and this. Oh, I don't really know if I want this. It's taking a long time. Maybe I'll quit and do something else. So time gives you the opportunity to think about things before you manifest them. If you're creating in fear, you're gonna manifest everything based in fear. So if you have a fear of lack of money, all the money you do make is gonna cause even more fear. And time slows down that or gives you the opportunity to change your perspective along the way, change your mind along the way. Um, if you were able to manifest everything in a snap of a finger and you're creating in fear, because in fear you want to disconnect because everything gives you negative emotion. So you'd, you'd wipe out hunger, you'd wipe out homelessness, you'd wipe out all the f- football teams you don't like, you'd wipe out all the people you don't like, you'd wipe out every flavor of ice cream you don't like, and eventually you'd be left in a white box. Right. So this whole aspect of time moves everyone forward through new perspectives, but 
slow enough that you can't manifest anything that quickly. Okay. Now, when you get into a higher vibration of love, you manifest things quicker. And I, I know you know this. As you get, see yourself from a higher perspective, as you're, as you're creating in love, things just start happening. Experiences just start, people just start coming to you. Just like I came to you and you came to me. You see, we had reached vibration and stuff happening. And all of a sudden you're on Jackie's podcast, and you're, you're doing sessions with all these people. And it's like all that, because you came to our vibration and we came to your vibration and it's all based in love. So things start happening quicker. And you can see that technology is advancing quicker now too, because technology is based in love as well. Now, of course, everything is neutral and you could see the dark side of anything, but you could also see the benefit of everything, the, the bright side of everything, the good side, you know? Um, so everything's happening faster and faster and faster, but you need this aspect of time to make sure this is the thing you wanna create. Oh boy, is there so many questions from that. Gary, that is so interesting. And you know, I, I wanna pull it all apart, but you know, I'll be here all night with you. But it's a great thing for people to understand. And how you've said it, they can play that back and listen to that a couple of times. Because I think it will take them a couple of times to grasp that as reality. I wrote down, I mean, as you were talking, because it's the obvious question that people are going to ask me after listening to you. Is, is time and fear connected? And I'll answer it for you. Of course they are. But time and love is also connected. You know, and I think that that is where the perspective comes in, isn't it? There is no, it's a balance. It's you nailed it right on the head. Okay. So if you're living in great fear, imagine in your, if you're in prison, right? Time is going to go so slowly for you. Yeah. If you're living in great love, time's going to seem like it's going faster in, in the fact that in a prison cell, nothing's happening. It's true. You can go years, nothing's happening. If you're living in love, everything's happening every day. So many things are happening. So many experiences. You look back and you say, oh my God, this was a year. It seems like it was 10 years packed into one year. But you're creating that, aren't you? You're creating that through your consciousness. And I, I think that's the amazing way to live is that you create this. And the knowledge that you're creating it is the first door that you open to understanding where you are, what your place is, what your existence is, what's your purpose, all these things that are countlessly endless questions, but also ultimately fascinating because the answers are all there. Now, I, I want to move ahead from that. Sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you short, but there's, you know, I, I'm, this time on this podcast, Gary, has gone so fast, as you know, and, and I knew it would. I knew it seemed like 20 minutes and it's you know, we're getting on for, you know, 45 minutes just talking. And, yeah, we could talk. I could talk to you forever. So I want to understand something that um, I, I think I understand it, but I want to know your perspective of it. And I want to know about new knowledge. And I want to know what you believe, you know, because let, let me let me ask you then, you know, new knowledge, where does it come from? Is there such a thing? Does it exist? Is it already there? You know, I could probably ask you about eight or nine questions just on that. So let's have some perspective on that from you. 
Please. So we're explorers on a journey of discovery, self-discovery, and everything is new knowledge to us as we're doing it, right? So we're learning, learning, learning. So you learn to read, that's new knowledge for you on your journey of self-discovery. And then you birth desires and you want to learn something else or explore something else or experience something else. So you go on this journey of discovery and everything you need for that journey comes to you when you need it. Another way to say of law of attraction. Everything, law of attraction is receiving everything you need when you need it to explore whatever you're focused on. Okay. So you're on this journey of self-discovery and you need an answer. So you birth this desire for an answer. But if, you're, if you think it's a problem and you're in fear, you're not at the same vibration as the answer. You're in a lower vibration. The answer or the new information exists at a higher vibration. So in, until you reach that vibration, you won't receive the answer. If you're in any fear at all, you're not going to be a, a vibrational match to that answer. If you think it's a problem, you'll never be a vibrational match to the answer. If you become neutral to it, then you become a vibrational match to the answer. Now, all answers or all information exist right now. In the Simultaneously, yeah. All thoughts that will ever be thought exist in a realm of potentiality. They're just waiting for people to come to a vibrational level and unlock that. In physical reality, we have desire. So the desire creates a trajectory towards the eventual coming to the same vibration. In the non-physical, there are no desires, right? So physical reality creates the desires. So everything new is created from physical reality. All right, so imagine, imagine the, the dawning of the universe, the Big Bang. Imagine source attracts a thought, one thought, what am I? And then attracts the next thought, what is the source of that question? Boom, the universe is created. Now the universe is really nothing, just rocks and stars and energy floating around. Oh, and, so, and so eventually you get human life. And then human life burst desires. And so we have a wheel, an automobile, a computer, right? These things, because we birth desires for these things. Now, prior to hu humans, there was no need for these things. So the earth existed for billions of years without the wheel or without the computer or without the car. The humans brought those ideas forth that were in non-physical as concepts that had never been unlocked before. Okay. The great thing about that is in the non-physical, they get to play with all these things that have been created in the physical, you see. So the physical drives creation and experience in the non-physical. So it's this two-way street going back and forth. It's really interesting. I, I think I could debate it with you for a bit longer, but I, I need to move on a little bit. But it's, it's just that, that whole thing that if it's in the human consciousness, it can be manifested, it can be done. And right. that's the bit that science fiction really sets the path for what becomes science fact. 
And I think that's a really good way of putting it into a into a really neat little parcel, just to understand it for people that are listening. I, the, I want to get off this just for a second, and I want to ask you a couple of thoughts, a couple of questions that really perplex me. Um, first one is, um, why are there no ghosts of dinosaurs ever seen? This planet had dinosaurs on it for millions and millions of years. So why don't we ever see the representation of those animals in, in this realm? Do you see representations of any animals, giraffes? Has anyone seen a ghost of a giraffe? Or an elephant? Well, this is an interesting question, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I don't personally know that's you know something that's been seen or not been seen, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I've certainly met people that can say they've seen ghosts of, um, <laughs> excuse me, lots of different creations right across the animal kingdom, but I've never met anybody that said to me, "I've seen a Tyrannosaurus Rex." Well, let's imagine that ghosts are an energy form or a part of the energy of the human, a representation, and I don't know, I'm just guessing right now, Okay, that is attached to physical reality. So a part of that energy is attached to physical reality, thinking it means something. But dinosaurs or giraffes aren't attached. They're not attached to their body, they're not attached to the earth, they're not attached to this experience, they're not attached to any meaning to it. They're, they're living in less resistance. Okay. So attachment to anything infers resistance, resistance to losing it. What you'll hear about, the most interesting thing I think about all the near-death experiences yeah. is people are shocked that they have no feeling for their body. They have no attachment to it whatsoever. It's just a lump of meat on the, on the operating table or on the sure. ground or whatever it is. And they can leave that freely. And I think that that is what happens, is when we transition to non-physical, we'll suddenly come to remember who we are and what physical reality is. And our body was just this vessel that got us through physical reality, like a, like a earth suit. And, and, we, and we will understand the experience of perfection and we'll gain all the benefit of that expansion and we'll want to do it right again. We'll want to jump back in as fast as possible. Okay. Couldn't it be that we're just intelligent plasma? You know, that's what we are. And that plasma that is um, a store, a record for everything we've ever done, everything, every existence, every communication, every word, thought, action is all stored in right. that acoustic record, if you like, that right. we each hold within ourselves. Right. And that when we transcend, when we actually leave this physical body that is here for us to experience and gather memories, isn't it, really, to have yeah. experiences, that that actual intelligent plasma is what we actually truly are at base level. Right. Isn't, isn't that possible? Yes, this ball of radiating energy that exists at a state of clarity and wisdom and love but is also always expanding. And, and everything in the universe needs to expand, to learn more, to experience more, to grow more. And so this is why we'll want to come back in another life, maybe here, maybe somewhere else, who knows where it is, I don't know. But what we've, what we're at this point right now, this age of awakening, where we've lived in fear and in 
unconsciousness up until this point in time. And now more and more people are awakening to this understanding that life is not just struggle and effort and you know, give, you know, being born and growing up and getting a job and getting married and having kids and then retiring and dying, you know, yeah. it's, that is nothing that's part of it and that's valuable, but there's more to it. Oh. And so, so now what, what would happen? All humans have lived to say up to fear to this point, what's it going to be like when humans start living in love as the creators from here forward, you know, it's going to be an incredibly new, exciting world to live in. It's going to be a different experience because we'll become a part of a universal or multi-universal community of pure thought energy and understanding of that thought energy. And that's what, you know, people like yourself, Gary, are tapping into with Joshua. And it's what we're actually coming to understand exists and we're recognizing it. So we're actually working with it not denying it which is crucial at our phase where we are at this existence at this time now i have one more question for you gary but i must before i say and ask you the last question in the interview is i must ask you a little bit about how people can find you your workshops your books your interviews your joshua live tell us where we can find you on the internet the website is theteachingsofjoshua.com. There is the audiobook, which is a perception of reality that was that was uh, narrated by Jackie. You know Jackie. Yes. And this, as a gift to everyone on who's listening right now, you can download that. It's normally fourteen something, fifteen bucks, um, but just use the code Gary Free, and you can get it for free. Well, that's very awesome. generous. Yep. And there's a bunch of stuff to look at there, but the, the uh, best place, well, there's also free meditations there. So you'll see a section called free stuff. You can download three free meditations and the meditations are, are the best way to start. And then if you're interested, listen to Joshua live, if that resonates with you, then you'll know it right away. People pretty much know after they've listened to two episodes, if it resonates. So you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts and then just Google me, Gary Temple Bodley, B-O-D-L-E-Y, and you'll find me. Yeah, I'll put it all in the in the program notes, Gary, so people can find you easily without having to, but they'll find you anywhere they're meant to because that's it's easy what, now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, isn't it? So, yeah. so, so thank you. That's that's amazing. And the free stuff, brilliant. I think people will really appreciate that. So yeah. that's really, really nice of you. Thank you very much. So last question time. And I can't believe that we've been speaking for just about 57 minutes, Gary. So it's an amazing time that's gone fast and perception of time, eh? It goes really quick. So I'm going to ask you something totally outside of what we've been talking about. But I end every program with asking my guests this. I want to know the last piece of music that you listen to. I listened to Elvis Costello's Pump It Up in a video where they they dissected every part of that song okay. and what the song was about. It was a half hour video talking about the, the, how the, the, the drummer actually dr- drum along with it and on the same drum set that he had 40 years ago. And uh, 
and how Elvis Costello played the guitar and the bass line and then the, the pianos and organ. And it was amazing. There's something about high vibrational music. And I tapped into this music when I was younger. It was the first thing I tapped into, unaware, where everyone else was listening to heavy metal and hard rock and pop rock. None of that resonated with me. I was always into to lyrics and music that was new and fresh and talked about something more. It, to me, that was always more authentic. And that's what I was tapping into back then. So that was it. That's an amazing answer. That tells a little bit of an insight into you as a person, Gary. Now, Elvis Costello is phenomenal. 1979, his first album came out, Oliver's Army, and it's just an amazing sequence of music and back catalogues ever since that. I had the pleasure of meeting Elvis Costello not so long back, and he's an extremely articulate and intelligent man that fits his style of music. Yeah. And unlike you. He's authentic. He is amazing. <laughs> he is so amazing. You, you, If you've ever listened to the song Shipbuilding, yeah. It is such an, um, it's a beautiful, sounds like a beautiful love song, but it's not. It's all about going to war. Right. Yeah. And and he's clever enough yep. to have you thinking that you're falling in love with this song because it's a love song. Yeah. And it's a, it's a demonstration against war. Yeah. He's that good. Do you know Billy Bragg? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I love Billy Bragg. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Gary, I've got to tell you this because I haven't told you this for the whole interview. We are the same age. We are, the same age, yeah. We are, we are hitting the big 6-0 this year, I should think. Yeah. Together. Uh -huh. yeah. So, so we would have grown up with the same music and the same things. And Billy Bragg, um, Tank Gun Salute, if you've ever heard that song, yes. that's one of my favourite all-time songs. And, of course, the, the classic New England, which Kirsty McCall took into the charts. I love I, Billy Bragg. I get, I get chills every time I think about Chris McCool, you know. Yeah. And the fairy tales of New York and and then how, how she died. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's amazing, yeah. I, I'm still in touch with a friend of Kirsty McCall's who I talk to regularly. Wow. I, I got her first album when it came out in about 1979, and it yeah. was um, a man called... Um, uh, man works down the chip shop called Elvis. Thinks he's Elvis. Was the yes, one, I know was, that song. A, was a signature song on that album, <laughs> and ever since then I've been in love with her music and the way that she presents herself. So, Gary, this is a whole new podcast all to itself, isn't it? We and can... no, when I was a kid, no Americans knew any of this music. They wouldn't. I, had, I discovered it somehow, and somehow got it. But there were no radio stations playing Elvis Costello. There was no no one knew who Billy Bragg is. No one knew who the Jam was. You know, you're just no naming one, some of my favorite musical groups of all time. No one knew the Pogues. No one knew Madness. You know, no. none of this stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you I mean, and if you vice versa, right? I listened to John Hall, uh, you know, Dale Hall and John Oakes an awful yeah. lot, and also Lou Reed. And, yeah, Lou Reed. Perfect. Yeah, and, and they weren't really known over here in England. So, yeah. you know, music is absolutely universal, isn't it? We all have a passion for it. And I think that the higher up the vibration you go, the more you're actually into lots of different types of music. And it says so much about your person because it's your, your personal journey, isn't it? Yeah. 
I, in high school, I was the president of the New Wave Club. Really? That's yeah. So you would have been into Blondie and um, the uh, you know, I don't know if you've got Echo and the Bunnymen out there and stuff like that. Absolutely. In fact, I was at a concert where it was a festival and Green Day was the last band, but Echo and the Bunnymen was really the headlining band, but no one knew okay. who they were. So Green Day finished and then everyone left and then Echo and the Bunnymen came on and about a hundred of us, of us stayed and we're right up front with yeah. them. But my, my mother and father got divorced. My mother moved to New York and she started doing lights for rock bands. And she was doing lights in CBGBs in 1976. So from 76 to 79, okay. and then other clubs around there. She did Police's second concert ever, where they opened for The The and Buzzcocks. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they were the opening act, right? And she, she even had the contract for it and where, where it was. And so when I was a kid and spending summers with her in New York, I, I would see 40 bands in that summer. And it was all these bands that no one knew. I played, she was working in a club. I played the music in the club when I'm 17 years old with the Cars or 16. Yeah. Nobody knew who the Cars were. And it was like, best, this is the greatest music ever. You know? Best friends girl. Yeah. You yeah. Mean, Gary, yeah. I was a DJ on a radio um, show for, for years, Radio Caroline, which is a pirate ship that was oh. full, full of um, Canadian and American DJs. That's where I got my grounding from. I love music, and I spent a lot of my youth doing pirate radio. So wow, that's great! It is, isn't it? It's amazing. We have. I I, I didn't realize we had so much in common. Yeah, we yeah. could we could just talk about so and so still all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean that's not important right now. Let's just talk pop music. It's much right. much better. Isn't it yeah. incredible? You know, yeah. So you've named just about every band that I grew up with. Every yeah. band that I was listening to, you know, everything, you know, the Buzzcocks, the Clash, yeah. you know, all these yeah. groups that were just amazing groups and the energy, the energy, because I see colours through the music. Oh, yeah. See, and when the music comes, I see the colours and the energy is amazing. It's, it's my favourite place to be on my own in a place where there's music being played because it's just like a light show. Oh, it's, my God. That's funny. It's amazing, yeah, absolutely amazing. I can't, I can't believe we, we, well, we, yeah, that's that's this credible duality, isn't it? That's yeah. just amazing. So synchronicity, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's just just that way it goes. Look, Gary, this has been a delight. Um, thank you so much for absolutely. sharing. My pleasure. Your knowledge, your wisdom, you know, all the stuff that you do. You know, look. Good luck in, in everything in the future with everything. Stay in touch. I, I look forward to our many conversations in the future. And um, thank you for everything here tonight on Twisted and Misunderstood. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Gary. Do
Thank you for listening to Twisted and Misunderstood with me, Dominic J. Zenden, and my special guest today, which was Gary Temple Bodley. Amazing, amazing forecast. Thank you, Gary, for such a great um, conversation. Now, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so on auraprofiling at gmail.com. You can also come across to mindsight.org if you want to book a reading or a profile, anything that you want to talk to me about, all on there. You've got the forms to fill out and I'll email you back. There's also a lot of um, ways to contact me here via your podcast provider. Leave a message, leave a comment, rate the show, come and talk to us. We're now in over 70 countries worldwide. So thank you wherever you're listening throughout the world. And also while I'm thanking people, a big thank you to Mel West McWaters for the music. Um, she's an amazing lady. Get in touch with her on her SoundCloud page at Mal West Matt Waters. And until next time, look after one another. Take care. <laughs>